Hey, boy. Hey. All right. <laughs> you didn't tell me we were doing this tonight. Oh, yeah. I guess that would help if I told you all beforehand. So, so was it a surprise meeting? Yep. No, I, I just went, well, <laughs> I just I forgot to send out, you know, hey, uh, I figured I'll, I'll just try it. If they're there, great. We'll do it. If not, whatever. Well, what are we um, going to do if we didn't pick up me on air? Were you going to try to wing a – no, he was going to fuck the shit out of us until we did. <laughs> I mean, I, who knows what I would have done? It's hard to say. I, I, I don't know what my plan was there. Um, anyways, uh, this is Tuesday. Uh, another episode of Big Beefing. At the food. Yep. Thank you, Sarah, for chiming in there. Hey, are you going to um, convince him to change the freaking name? <laughs> you know what? I, I mean, I think at this point, you know, we're like eight episodes No, in. no, we're not. <laughs> It's too late. It's already yeah. embedded already. I, I think Big Beef and I mean, I mean, look how many plays we got. If I go back and change it now, you know. That's fine. Would... Nobody cares about the – they don't care about the name. They care about what we're talking about. <laughs> well, it's, it's, kind well, yeah. staff, it's kind of hard to have a staff meeting when, when Shane's the staff. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, Agree? Yeah, no, you're right. Well, my decision made. President, CEO. Yeah, I mean, if I went to y'all and we all tried to come up with something, here's the problem when you when you try to get a team involved because everybody's got their own opinion and nobody wants to hurt each other's feelings. Uh So if somebody said a name that was stupid, you know, it just may not. No, no, we wouldn't care. We'd just be like, man, that's dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's 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 that you know. Aaron, you, you said you were going to start your own podcast on the side. Um, John, what was the old podcast that me and you used to have called? Oh, I, I can't remember the name of it. Is I know you had, little, you had a little yeah. button that said Beast Mode. That was like the logo. It said yeah, that's all, and, and that was because I just winged something and put mm. that in there. I looked cool for a minute. Yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a little icon that said Beast Mode, and then it had a little lights, a toggle switch, and it said On. So it was Beast Mode On. Yeah, that, that was it. That, that was it. That, yeah, I just yeah. found that picture. I thought it looked cool. And here, that looks good. Bam. Let's go so, with that. What yeah. I wanted to do is because me and John, and who knows when the hell this is going to happen. We've been talking about it for four months. But we wanted to sit down and start reviewing shitty movies and provide our, you know, reviews of what we thought about it and why they suck. You got to start uh, off with Well, we were going to start off with just really bad movies. and Really bad movies. So, the movie that we was, I think it was we were going to title Let's Watch a Bad Movie. Let's Watch a Bad so Movie. Thought, you know, if we're going to watch a bad movie, then a lot of the movies are going to be on VHS. And then I remembered, you know, in VHS, you know, back when you would hit play, before the movie started or after it ended, you'd get a blue screen. Yeah. And then you'd have some, like, fancy, you'd have some, uh, not fancy, you'd have, like, some technology, technological text or font down at the bottom of the screen. So I thought, let's... What if I just made an image that recreated that screen? And it's, you know, the blue background and that weird VHS text. Just like kind of a retro thing, but yeah, it I, still I, catches your eye because it's blue and white. So it's yeah, primary color. I, I can dig that. Yeah. So I wanted us to, I wanted it to have an overall theme. So it's connected. So when we do start, you know, our own show and we're actually doing the live action stuff, when people see the color schemes, they're going to say, oh, these are the same guys. These are, these are the big I, beefing guys. I, I think people will be more surprised that, oh, shit, JP's not a white guy. I think that would oh. be more surprised. 
He just yeah, we've well, had like, that happen before, right? Where you were on the phone with people, and then they, when they meet you, they're like, "Oh, uh, yeah, terrible mistake." N- nothing awkward about that, you know. When I meet somebody <laughs> first time, like, "Oh, you're not white." Yeah, I I didn't know that to be in a resume, but you know, let's go with it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. Well, and, you know, the problem is, is that we grew up in an area where, you know, folks, you know, that were Mexican or you know, Mexican descent didn't have the accent, you know, no, very yeah. rare that we ran across there. But they, you know, folks that we grew up, they, we all kind of sounded the same. You know, Hell yeah, we all we got did. the same kind of accent, <laughs> you know. So it wasn't, it just wasn't the, you just didn't get that. And it's different up here because, you know, when you're in a big city, you know, it's pretty obvious that somebody is, you know, they, they speak a different well, language or Whenever someone asked me, like, where we lived, I always described them like, well, think of Varsity Blues, but with more drinking in it. And that's kind of the sense you get sometimes when we're there. Yeah. Yeah. Not not quite as wild as Varsity Blues. No, no. But, you know, but the, the town did shut down, though, for the football games, though. Yeah. Well, they had this. So it used to be when, when we were kids, John, Saturday night down there at Main Street, I mean, it was lit. I mean, there was people, they would, so we're talking about our hometown and there was a, there was a strip. It was probably about one city block and it was all uh, brick. It was a brick road and these old buildings were on either side. And what it used to be, it was where people would just like gather and do town events and they, they mm-hmm. still do. Um, but on the Friday and Saturday nights is when everybody would show up, they would park their cars on the side of the street and you would have what they call doing a button where you drive, you just drive in a circle. You drive up the street, and you turn, make a U-turn, you drive back, and you just keep doing that loop. Kind of like and, they did, like, uh, Greece. They just drove the fuck yeah. up in the streets. That, that, you know. Yeah, Greece or American Graffiti or one of those yeah, old movies, that's what they did. And it's the same thing, and it lasted in Kearns until about the mid to late 90s. And the reason why it stopped is because there was too many fights. There was fights going on, and, you know, people were just getting tired of it, and the cops didn't really want to deal with it, and... You were, people were starting to get traffic tickets and, you know, the whole drunk driving thing. And it just, it, it just kind of, it just stopped. I mean, there's, I remember one night I went up there after like the dust had kind of settled and it just was pathetic. I was like, why would you come up here? There's, there's like three people here. And it's just not fun. Um, but yeah, it was pretty wild back in the days, man. I mean, it would be lit. I don't, Aaron, I don't, I don't know. Sometimes we would, mom would do it. Like mom would go yeah. up there. And drive we'd around, and we'd sit in the back the of the car. I'd be sitting there on the bricks watching her do whatever the hell, and I wouldn't have nobody to talk to. I'd just sit around watching everybody. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. One's the loneliest so, number, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Not doing shit, man. I, I had no say. Yeah. <laughs> they were just well, waving yeah. at each other. There you are. Hey, there you are. Yeah, here we are. You know, that's what you did. You got to think about it, you know, so this is like pre-cell phone and maybe the internet's like brand new, but people, when they pulled up and they did that, they just sat there and talked to each other. That's all they did. You just sit there and talk. Like, you're not there to like watch a show or watch a movie. You're there in the night, in the middle of the street, just fucking talking to people. You know, it's kind of a weird thing if you think about it now. It doesn't happen very often. No, 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 you just. I don't know. It's like if you went to if you went to Dallas and you went down Deep Ellum, um, you're probably not going to talk to too many people other than like you know, oh hey, or excuse me, or, or where where is this place at, or 
I'm having a good time. You're not going to sit there and have an all night conversation with the person. No, you know? I, not that I think of anyway. Yeah, it just doesn't happen that that way anymore. But back then, man, it uh, yeah, it was pretty lit. Um, a lot of a lot of good times. So yeah, the uh, the accent thing, I can see why people would get thrown off. By that. <laughs> now, you know, I always just I always just went with it. You know, like yeah. Like, Chris, you know, I was like, oh, so I don't get the job or so as a deal breaker. Right. Yeah. Is this, is, this, is this a done deal? Well, didn't you say one time you were working and this woman came up and she was like, I bet he doesn't even speak English. And like, damn, you're like, ma'am, how can I help you? Yeah. She just, she seemed like dumbfounded that like, I just, you know. Much worse. Coming out of the mouth. Oh, oh, oh. No, you should, you should take it one step further and say, do you understand the words coming out of my mouth? Yeah. <laughs> Apologize to me, like, can you help me? Oh, yes, sir, man, I'm help you. Oh, I'm sorry for what I knew. Why you're apologizing? We haven't started uh, the conversation yet. <laughs> it was uh, quite often that I would have to help the truck unloaders unload freight because I was behind. And I was kind of like a free man, you know. I was the, I wasn't supposed to be doing it, but if the manager told me to do it, I didn't have a choice. Uh-huh. So I would help them unload. And one time we were up in the break room. And there was this white guy in there, and there was two uh, Mexican ladies, and they're talking to each other. And this guy, I mean, he looked, I mean, it's just a normal-looking white dude, had red hair, and he just starts, bam, just dropping in Spanish, like, totally keeping up with him. And the one, one woman was just in the corner with her mouth dropped, like, literally, her mouth was wide open. She did not expect that guy to speak fluid, perfect Spanish. And um, he was like, yeah, when they asked him, because, you know, he was going on in this conversation. He was like, well, my mom, the, my mom who raised me, she spoke, she's, uh, she was Hispanic, so she spoke Spanish. And wasn't like his biological mom, it's just a woman that raised him. So, you know, a lot of people, it's a touchy, touchy situation. You can't necessarily judge somebody just by the way they look. You can't assume that they're not going to speak English or they are going to speak English or, you know, it's just hard. You also yeah, yeah. can't, like, if they're yeah. a little person, you can't kneel in front of them. And yeah, you know, some things, you, you, you know, growing pains, you learn sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That's, that's, that's why, you know, they say diversity is important because you can share ideas and you can understand different ways of thinking. And that's supposed to help your – Aaron, when you were in the military, did they were they real big on diversity or, or how did that work? Yeah, that's actually one of their. Um, I, I can speak for the Navy specifically. That's one of their. Uh, how do you say it? They preach that pretty commonly because um, diversity, we gain all these different abilities and skill assets and backgrounds, and it strengthens the military uh, capability rather than weaken it. But you know, we we kind of just threw that to the wind, man. We we use racial slurs all the time. We were always knocking somebody for being different, picking on each other. I mean, what was it? What, was, was it actually, hateful though? Was it hateful though, or is it just camaraderie? Like some of it was just. I mean, yeah, unless you you really didn't say, you know, racial slurs in a in a fit of anger, you really just you know, if you got to that point, you're already fighting. But uh, for the most part, um, yeah, we we did it out of mockery and picking on someone. I mean, if you've ever seen the the HBO series Generation Kill, that pretty much captures it. Hmm. Well, you, interesting. You know. A lot of a lot of corporations, John, will go, will reach out to the military to learn how to build teams that are different. And yeah, there's all these get- that have built their careers after they retire because they can't do anything else, 
and uh, they build their careers on uh, motivational speaking, public speaking, and professional business consultations. And there's this one guy, he was a commander for a Navy SEALs unit, and he's even broke down, you know, some of his approaches to how he's helped companies uh, rebuild their efficiency and structure. And it's, it's not a, a terrible idea. I just think that it's becoming more and more cliche that veterans get out and they don't find actual careers. They find ways to con people. And I hate that I use con, but, you know, they, they find careers where they're like, oh, I'm helping people learn to militarize their life. Come on, dude. You don't need to do that. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess if you're, you know, if you're spec ops and you get out, I mean, what are your choices? You could go back in as a, go as a You could go work for the FBI. You could work for the CIA. You could work for Border Control. You could work for a mercenary company. You could go work for the uh, United Nations. You could go, you know, pull security for Doctors Without Borders. You can go. Do all kinds of shit. You got secret security clearances. You got weapons training. You got survival tactics well, training. You can be a wilderness guy. All these possibilities. <laughs> yeah, but if you get tired of that, you know, I mean, just being well, outside. I think, and, but know, I see, whenever I see those types of things happening, they got this, in my opinion, from what, I, what I've seen, is like they think that their way of life was so elite that they need to try to de- uh, depart some of that knowledge and experience on other people. And it's, and I can understand how in some environments that would be a success, but it's not a catch all phrase. I mean, I can't go and teach somebody that disassembling and assembling a fucking 249 is going to make them better at their job. If you don't need to break apart machine parts, then you don't need to know how to fucking put a barrel and an upper receiver together. It's not important. Yeah. Well, I, well. I, I, can, I can see that. Hey, we doing? We got to learn how to, this symbol and symbol of gun. Okay. Well, that's not going to help you at all today, but you know, hey, yeah, there's no you learn something. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that, you know, with the, the military, um, you know, a lot of guys, when they, they get out, they just have a hard time adjusting. But you, I was going to say that the, the, the spec ops part of the military is like seriously shorthanded right now. They cannot find qualified candidates. So if the uh, yeah. guys are preaching, so high, so many people wash out. Yeah, well, it's not only that. It's like you can't smoke weed. If you smoke weed, you can't be spec ops. If you have tattoos on certain parts of your body, you can't be spec ops. Um, you know, the, the, waivers you can get, and the drug abuse and addiction is starting to run rampant. It's starting to get more exposed in spec ops communities because it's the only way that they can cope with. The, the rigors of what they've got to go through. Some of them just do it because way to, to ventilate, you know, they're under a constant, per- constant observation and constant performance standards. And some of them <laughs> to feel like they have some control and to, to feel like they can get through the, the tempo that they're in because for a while their operational tempo for spec ops was through the roof. It was through the roof because uh, regular infantry and regular combat units were needing to stand down because of the, the massive casualties they were taking. And so they they were relying more heavily on spec- special operations uh, and small team tactics. Well, the problem with that is, is that when you take one hit, you can't replace that guy as easily as you take one regular infantry. Let me, let me give you a comparison here. I went through boot camp, which was nine weeks. I went through a, a, a professional uh, medical school. Well, not a medical school. I went through a clinician school where I learned to be a, a clinical medical specialist. That was two and a half months, almost three. And then I went through a field medical training school 
which was another three months. So that's eight months, eight months and change. Well, you know what? Let's just round it up to nine. So I went through nine months of training. Before Navy SEALs, and this is just Navy SEALs, I can't speak for any others. Before Navy SEALs even step down range, they go through two years of training. Twice as long as Man. Yeah, that's pretty much two years of hell, John. Yeah, yeah it's um, the I only time. Show. <laughs> I've yeah. seen that episode on, on Netflix. That's all I can say. Like, that looks rough, guys. Yeah. <laughs> that's my well, that's, You know, they, they were had the, John Cena had this show, and John Cena's watching these military guys work their ass off, and he's like, yeah, no, uh, I don't think I could do all that. <laughs> you know, this John Cena, you know, and he's just like, you know, and, and you know, boot camp is tough, but after you go to the boot camp, you got to be selected. So you got to go through a selection process, which is, it's not as demoralizing as boot camp because in boot camp, they're trying to reshape your, your identity and all that stuff. When you go through selection, you are actually testing your mental and physical limits. That's, that's where the challenge is because you've got to be able to endure the hardest of hardships when you step down range because you are your only support. There's no chopper coming to get you. There's no uh, cavalry coming in to ride on, you know, with 50 cows to save your ass. Um, I mean, a, a perfect example of this is uh, Marcus Luttrell. I mean, everybody's heard about him by now. His whole squad, his whole SEAL team got wiped out except him, and he survived for like five days. Um, he crawled for two miles with broken bones and gunshot wounds until he found a village that took him in. And that's that his training helped him get to the mental fortitude to be able to survive that. So someone like me, yeah, I've been through some rough stuff and I've had to, to really, you know, check myself on my discipline and my awareness. And I've had to stay up for days on end, but to do what he did, I would have been dead. Man. <laughs> I said for two days. Oh, but you could, you could, you might be able to one up him with that electrocution thing that you got a few weeks ago. But, yeah, that, but I, I was shot and I didn't fall down the side of a mountain. That, did I tell you about that, John? What? Aaron was at work and <laughs> he works at this uh, this manufacturing place and uh, it's it, were, no the, repair shop. Huh? It's a repair shop. We don't actually make oh, these okay. repair. Oh, you yeah, just fix stuff. Well, yeah. it's heavy machinery. It's heavy machinery, right? Uh, yeah, most of it is. Yeah, and there was this thing that Aaron was supposed to. Uh, you're supposed to turn it off before you unplug it. And so he was working with the guy and the guy, I guess he told him he had turned it off and he really hadn't. And Aaron went to go unplug it and it shocked him. They had to call an ambulance. Yeah. Really? So what happened is that uh, I was running enough power. It was less than half an amp, but anything over half an amp can actually stop your heart. Uh -huh. And this, this half an amp, less than one, less than one amp. And uh, it, it jarred me. It gave me a, um, a disrupted heart rhythm. They call it a fibrillation and they had to get the, the AED, the automatic electronic defibrillator and put it on me and an ambulance had to come and do an EKG and Damn. spend the night in the hospital. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have my contact information on, so nobody contacted anybody. And well, I just, I just stayed there until somebody uh, controlled my phone and said, Hey, I need to ride home from the hospital. I got to go home. And um, it, when I say it hurt, man, it hurt in a way that, if you've been tackled by somebody and you didn't see it coming, it probably hurt worse than that. So if you've ever been hit by somebody really big and really fast and you didn't see that they were there, that's kind of what it felt. Well, on a side note of that, were you paranoid a little bit after that about electricity? Were you a little paranoid about 
Uh, well, you, you know, that was um, that was one one mistake that happened because I was working with somebody that didn't know what they were really doing. They were just there because it's it's unsafe to have no one there with you. So even somebody that doesn't really know what they're doing, at least they can be there to turn things off and help you if you've been hurt. They can't keep you from getting hurt, but if you've been hurt, then they can handle that situation. And that's what he did. He called the ambulance for me. And well, he, he didn't want them, right? <laughs> he didn't want them, right, guys? He called Yeah, Yeah, I mean, how, how do you go back to work with that guy after that happens? You're hey, like, man. Uh, no. Oh, every day. No. One of me is like, hey, you rode the lightning, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, everybody's making fun of me after that. And, um, you know, the fact that I got shocked is a, is a big deal. But let me just give you an idea of how bad it, it gets where I'm at. Um, this lady was working there, and she had been working there for about two years. And so the equipment that I operate, uh, it's, a, it's a power supply. And it can supply anywhere up to 2,000 amps. Um, and just, to, just to tell you how badly I got hurt, that was less than half an amp. So anyway, uh, we can supply over 2,000 amps from this piece of machinery. And usually you do that by connecting these long cables to a metal component inside the machine. We call them bus bars. There's these long metal bars that the, the cable hooks up to, and that's where the electricity runs. Put enough electricity into it, the motor starts to turn, it spins up to a certain RPM, and then it can just run, and the amperage actually drops. So you'll be pushing 2,000 amps, you get to where you need to go, it drops to 400 amps. This lady was operating such such a piece of machinery. It had 400 amps of power going into it. I, I said power, that's not correct, it's current. It had 400 uh, amps of current going into it. So this metal bar where she had her connections was exposed. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to cover it up with a metal plate, specifically because this is this is an exact textbook reference to why we put covers over our connections to, to protect them. So she didn't do that. It had been a long day. She was frustrated. The thing wasn't reacting the way that she wanted it to. And so she was uh, a little negligent. She had a grease gun. Grease gun, it has this uh, rubber hose with a metal tip at the end. She threw it down on top of the motor. That rubber hose dipped down to where the metal bar is. Now, a certain footage and so many volts and so many amps, electricity can travel across the air. And that metal, even though it's not touching, will, will make a spark. So with uh, those two metal there and with that, that lady working right next to it, that rubber hose dipped down into that box where those metal bars were receiving electricity. And she saw that this was about to happen. You can see it on the camera. She saw that this was about to happen. She was like, oh, shit. And she saw that this metal piece was about to touch this other metal piece that had electricity going to it. And you can see it. Walk away, right? But she can't walk away fast enough because within two seconds, that uh, metal tip touches that bar and creates an arc flash. It was so much heat and so much power so fast that it flashed her handprint in a black smear on the metal panel of the equipment that she was working on. She was thrown oh. up against it, and it flashed her handprint on it. And then after that explosion happened, you could see her running the fuck out of there. Yeah, man. <laughs> She'd have been in she would have been instantly dead. So she just let it go. She at that point, she's like, "Ah, fuck this, not worth it." She just ran. We'll see. Um, there's safeguards in place for when that equipment malfunctions like that. It'll just turn itself off. But when that happened, and she created that art blast, 
It's not art glass. It's an art flash. Uh, no, it wasn't art glass. Yeah, there's there are two different things. Anyway, that electricity threw her up against the panel. Um, you know, she was lucky she didn't get burns, but uh, she ran the fuck out of the building and uh, she just she just went home and she was fired once they realized what happened because that was uh, so just just to give you even more of an idea what happens if she would have been seriously injured or killed. The whole place would have been shut down while OSHA comes in and investigates what happened. So okay. everybody was yeah. out for like a month. That's normal. Yeah. Right. Well, they just want to make sure everybody lives, John. Yeah. That's yeah, normal, uh, normal, you know. <laughs> that's like my, um, I don't know if I, I think I told you this story, John. We were, when I was working at Walmart in uh, Corsicana, um, me and Josh, you know how they, they used to like stack shit way the high up on those risers, like yeah, all I, the way to the damn ceiling. I remember they um, stack it high. You had to get, yeah, you had to get on a scissor lift to just get stuff down. And so Josh was, uh, he knew he was certified in how to use the scissor lift. Well, one of the managers wanted to take some stuff down, and so he asked me to do it. And I was like, well, I can't drive the scissors lift, so I'm not certified to do it. He's like, well, get somebody who can. So I go get Josh. I was like, hey, man, we got a project we got to work on. So Josh, you know, he didn't want to do what he was. He didn't want to do. Nobody wants to do the job. They want to do something else. So it's like, yeah, it sounds like fun. So we get in the scissors list and we go riding. And I tell John, I'm like, I tell Josh, I'm like, hey, uh, all these tents, they had these like, you know, the big tents that come in like a, a nylon bag. Yeah. It's a full tent. It's just all folded up and it's put into a bag. Well, they had like eight of them. And we had to move those tents. So we had to take them all down and then put other stuff up in their place. Well, I come outside to see what Josh is doing. See, if, And so he's up on the scissor lift. He's like, you know, 15 feet up in the air on this thing. And he goes to pull one of the tents and they all fall on. And he just start, He just looks over at me and he's just like, Ugh! and hits the ground in the fucking scissor lift. And they're just tumbling on him. And I oh, can't shit. help but start fucking... You know, the first instinct is like, don't, I hope he doesn't fall. But then you're also like, shit, that's hilarious. You can't help but point and laugh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that he's okay. But I just remember the look on his head when it, when it hit his neck and it like pushed him to the ground. I was like, oh shit. And I was like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, yeah. So then I started laughing, you know. I had to sit down. I was laughing so hard at him. <laughs> that, that's, that's the good part. At least you checked before you started laughing. It would hurt. Oh, man, I can't. Funny now, got tomorrow. Well, laugh at you now. I'm gonna you okay. Yeah, well, one of the best parts about that job was the pranks that I used to pull on everybody. Me and uh, so we had this we had this guy that Josh just didn't really like working with. He kind of hated him. He was kind of a nerd. And uh, I got to where I could imitate our manager, uh, Bill Parker. I got to where I could imitate his voice pretty good. So I could get on the phone and call your station and <laughs> pretend to be Bill. And you would think it's really him. Sound. Yeah. Do what? What was that sound? That was Sarah coughing. Um, it sounded like she was sick. <laughs> so I, Josh was telling me he's getting tired of this guy. I was like, all right, well, I got you covered. We're gonna, we're gonna take care of this. And so I tell Josh, he's like, look, you're gonna get a phone call from me. And as you're walking down, um, you'll pass the shoe department, and the phone will ring again. Just make sure you stop and answer it. So he's like, okay. So I call down there and I'm using Bill's voice and I'm like, you know, Josh, where's your friend at? And he's like, what are you talking about, sir? And I was like, your friend, I think his name was James or something. He's like, oh, he's right here. And I was like, well, you tell him 
I want you and him in my office now. And, and so Josh tells him, and he's like, James, uh, we've got to go to the manager's office now. And it's, it's serious. And James is like, well, what's going on? He's like, I don't know. But he said, we need to get in there right now. So they walk by, and I'm like, you know, I'm sitting there smiling, got a shit-eating grin on my face. I was like, where are you boys going? Where are y'all up to? And they're like, we don't have time to talk, Shane. we got to go see the manager. And I was like, well, what's going on? And James is like, I don't know, man, but I, I, I just got to go. I'll talk to you later. And I was like, okay. So I wait, and I'm watching them. They walk past the shoe department. I pick up the phone, and I dial. I knew all the extensions in the store. So I dialed the extension, and, you know, Josh just happened. He was like, oh, I wonder what this is about. And he picked it up, and I'm. I was like, you know, give the phone to James. And so he hands it to him. I'm like, James, where are you guys at? He's like, sir, we're almost there. We're on our way. And I was like, no, I told you to be here now. That doesn't mean 10 minutes from now. And James is like getting ready to start crying. He's like, please, sir, I'm almost there. Please, please. And so I was like, James, I need you to look behind you. Just turn around. And so he turns and he sees me down at the end of the hallway. And I wave my hand and I start smiling and shit. He's like, God damn it. He's like, I just had a kid. And I thought I was going to lose my job, and I didn't know I was going to feed my family and all this bullshit. Going through my mind. <laughs> I'm just sitting there. Just like, yeah. 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 Real good. He wants to talk about pranks. Uh, this was 2007, and it was April Fool's Day. I really couldn't step my game up. And then this, this is kind of where it was like the beginning of the end for all April Fool's jokes for me. Because after this, I really – so um, – this is when I'm in my medical training for the Navy Hospital Corman School in Illinois. While I'm there, uh, I call Shane on my phone, and I'm about a month away from finishing my, my course. Now, the contract that I signed was a, an expedited pipeline for deployment, meaning that as soon as I get done with training, I'm going to a military unit. I'm going to be with them for maybe a month or two, and then I'm going to go downrange. And so they kind of knew that. They kind of knew that I was going to be going deployed sooner rather than later. So I call Shane up, and it's probably, uh, you know, nine, seven, six o'clock. And I tell Shane, it's like, hey, Shane, how's it going? He's like, oh, hey, what's up, man? You know, I'm just doing this, doing that, blah, blah, blah. And, um, listen, I wanted to talk to you seriously about something here. And, um, you know, I want you to, to understand that I really don't have a lot of say in this, but uh, I'm getting deployed, dude. I'm getting deployed in like two weeks. And he said, oh, really? Where are you going? I said, yeah, I'm going to somewhere with the Middle East with the Marines. It's like, what are you talking about? It's like, well, that's part of my contractual agreement, and uh, I'm going to get my training moved up, and um, I'm going to go. And he's like, well, what are you going to do when you get there? And he's like, well, I'm going to get familiarized, and I'm going to do this, that, and the other. And he's like, oh, well, um, yeah, all right. And I said, well, I need you to do something for me because I don't really have the heart to tell mom. I'm hoping that you could tell her for me because this will be really hard for me to tell her. And you know how she worries. And he's like, yeah, yeah, man, I'll do that. And I said, don't uh, don't forget to tell her that it's April Fool's Day. And he's hung the fuck up. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't get him back to that. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. I like you play through it. Yeah, I mean, what can you do at that point? You know, I was just like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember some of Shane's antics. I remember I'm, I'm trying to work hard, I'm trying to get work done. I'm really frustrated, <laughs> and I called the manager on the on the uh, intercom. And someone called me, like, yeah, yeah, they had a customer over here. We want a bike. We don't got it. You know, I, I don't, you know what do you want me to do? Uh, I'm going to be the coach of the office and set my balls. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Every day time, I'm in, that's for a manager. Here comes Shane. He'll talk serious for like 10 seconds. Well, let's go ahead and uh, come to the office and set my balls. You know, every, every day of time. 
pretty good. That was uh, that was Kelly. I got pretty every good at impersonating these big old time. black guy. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, uh, JP, what's uh, what's going on down there, man? And he'd be like, Oh, sir, I just need to get into the truck. And I'd be like, Okay, well, just uh, come on up to the office and get my balls. <laughs> <laughs> One time I got I got Daniel with it. Daniel was trying to help this lady find something in the toy department. So Daniel puts out the call and he's like, "Can I get a member of management to contact me at 107?" That was the the toy department's extension. And so you know, I call him because I'm standing right there, and I call him and I was like, uh, "How can I help you, Daniel?" And he's like, "Oh, well, this lady's looking for this, and uh, we can't find it." And I was just wondering maybe if it was in the back. And I was like, "Okay." Well, just tell her to come in the back and lick my balls. <laughs> Daniel didn't know what the fuck to say. He just sat there and looked at her, and he's like, well, I guess we don't have it. He's <laughs> always doing shit like that. Remember that, uh, remember that special project we got to work on, John, where we had to build that, that deck that they were going to hang up from the ceiling? Oh, yeah. You remember yeah, that? No, I remember how much time it took to get it done. I don't even think they ended up using you know that what? damn thing. I think they said it looked too no, dangerous. It was, yeah, they didn't do it because they said it was too heavy. The wood was too heavy. Yeah. They needed a chain to pull it up, and they didn't want to put a train on it. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it was supposed to be a Christmas display here, and that we're going to have hanging from the ceiling. But me and John didn't know what the fuck yeah. we were doing. Uh, my favorite, my favorite project was the uh, was the hot dog stand. Yeah, I love the hot and dog stand. You reason. know, <laughs> <laughs> I think well, I that's, that's when me and you got introduced to apples. That's when me and John got introduced to apple soda. Oh man! Yeah, we drank so much damn apple soda. We got sick. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was so good. My, my stomach was hurting. <laughs> we downed a we downed a twelve pack. <laughs> I, was like, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. So good. I've never had it. Before. I gotta keep doing it. <laughs> and I mean, it's not like we were paying for the shit. We were going and taking it off the shelf and like just downing it, you know, because we were supposed to be selling it. And I was like, ah, fuck it, they won't know. <laughs> and uh, you know, at the end of the day, we made like a thousand dollars, so it was all profit, you know. And they were, the management was happy with that. What the the, the worst part was, uh, someone grabbed the wrong cheese. The wrong nacho cheese. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> I heard about this, too. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, well, what, yeah. We went inside to get the supplies to make the hot dogs. So, you know, you want you want to make nachos to so get the, you know, the, the big old can of nacho cheese. Well, my dumb ass grabbed the jalapeno yeah. cheese. And so we're serving the hot dogs up. And, you know, I was, I was handling the money, so I really wasn't doing any of the hard work. And uh, John's over there, like, pouring the cheese and shit. So he's handing it out to people, and like all of a sudden, these kids start coughing, and they're like, "That's hot. Why is this so spicy?" No, yeah, because he was like, oh, it's, and I look it, at the kid, yeah, I'm like, like, "Damn it, John, it's jalapeno cheese." <laughs> he was like, "It's hot. It's hot. It's hot. I better turn it down." No, it's it's hot, hot. I'm like, oh shit! Like, damn it, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like a big old pot, pot of it too, man. We were we were putting that stuff out, and I was like, "Well, what can you do?" Oh, and then the um. With the, so it was hot outside. This was in the middle of the summer here. And Great time to do it. Yeah. We were cooking the hot dogs, and they were taking they were taking longer and longer to cook. And we're like, God dang, man, these hot dogs have been on the grill forever, and they're just not eating up. Well, the fucking grill had been out of propane. <laughs> propane. So we'd been sitting out there for half the day, wondering why the fuck this thing ain't heating up. 
and it was because the damn the thing wasn't even on. It was just it was getting warm because it was hot outside. <laughs> so we were letting the sun literally cook these hot dogs. So far, after that, I was like, we gotta shut it down. We're shutting it down. We're just not. We screwed up. We're just. It's done. And um, I think we only brought in five hundred dollars that day. They didn't care. Money but, was uh, money was money to them. They didn't care. We brought some money in for charity. Well. The thing about it was, it's not like, you know, we had a register or a till. They just, I just took the cash and I just had, I had a bag and I put the cash in the bag and I made change there, you know, and I mean, it wasn't like I was doing it with a machine. It was all in my head and they didn't know how much product we had actually sold. I mean, it was a dollar for a hot dog. If you consider the cost of bread and the cost of hot dogs, you're making money. There's no way you're not going to make money doing this. So for them, it's a, it's a win-win. They raise money for charity, and they don't lose that much in products. So, yeah, I I just remember Shane motivating me. John, come on, John. They want a hot dog. Can, can you not make a hot dog fast enough, John? John, <laughs> nacho. How hard is it? Bullshit. Nacho. I mean, I was no. Help. I'm, like, I'm like trying to hurry. <laughs> people like John. Why is it taking so long? All he wants is a soda. Imagine soda. Reach in there. Give him a soda. <laughs> like Jalen like Shane. I got two customers. I got two customers on the left who want hot dogs. Tell me hot dogs for her. You want me to get a drink for one guy on the right? <laughs> I was no fucking help at all. <laughs> That's why I could I couldn't do fast food. I was telling John, I was like, "Come on, man, look at that kid over there. He's starving. Just get a hot dog." What's the whole time, I was like, "Damn it!" Poor Jim. Or John busted his ass too, man, trying to get that shit out as fast as he could. Trying to make it look pretty for them and everything. And well, then you get some folks in there. It's like I want it burnt. Can you burn the? Hot I was going to say like, that. Hey, yeah, I was gonna, so, so. special request. Yeah. Shit, he said, man. "No, burn it. Like burn it. Like no, burn it. Burn it black. Burn it. Like uh, that's the way you want it. I'm, okay, I burnt yeah, it. Crisp, you know, crispy dog." <laughs> Well, you know, Mike, yeah, he, that was fun. My brother Michael, he likes them that way. He likes them black. He 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 likes them that way, burnt like that. Well, you said you like them cold and dipped in sugar. Well, you know, I was a kid. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I haven't tried it in like I don't know. I don't know how many years, but I don't know if I would try it now. Yeah, nice to get your kid to try. You have Jonathan try. I, I didn't even know Aaron fell out. I didn't even hear him fall out. Oh, is Aaron gone? Oh. Yeah, I guess he got tired of listening. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's his connection out there. His falls out because of the connection. Yeah, you know, I noticed in the audio a lot of times whenever me and you are talking, like his like makes a loud like, like I guess he can't handle the the software, the uh, you know the updating and the the relay. Tell so. him stand by a window well, in the router. If he wants to, if he wants to join back in, he can click the link to join back in. Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure you had. Um, I'm pretty sure you had a topic uh, 40 minutes ago, you know. But we just start, yeah. just start jumping right into something else. <laughs> well, I mean, shit, you got to tell the fucking hot dog. Oh story. man, dude, that, that was the best time ever. That was gonna have to happen eventually. Yeah, shit was funny though. You're right. I was kind of an asshole, but uh, at least we had a good time. We didn't have to work. You know, it wasn't like real work. Hell no, it's we were, gave people. We just no. gave people hot dogs and, and cold drinks and not. Yeah, what? John, John, why, why were the managers such assholes back then? What was up with that? Like, I, I look back now and it's like, man, almost every manager I had when I was in college was a freaking asshole. Like, almost all of them. What, what's the, what's the reasoning behind I, that? I, why, are they, why are they like? I that? don't know. Like, some of them seem like they're just unnecessarily, you know, just want to be that way. Like, like I'll, I'll tell you, like, 
So do you just want to act like this? Does yelling make it more productive? <laughs> you know, when you're yelling, yeah. scream, is that how you motivate people? You know, I mean, and it wasn't just one company, like every retailer I worked for, even Best Buy. I mean, there was some loose cannons and they would yell at your ass like you were an idiot, you know, and it's like, I, you can't talk to me like that. You know, I mean, it's just not going to work. I mean, for one thing, I, I would literally, if I wanted to, I could kick their ass. But, you know, since I'm a civil person, I don't. But it's just like, what the hell, man? Where, where do you get off talking to somebody in that manner? I, I just, I, yeah, I, uh, I never understood that. Like, you know, yelling and talking louder doesn't make the situation better, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you know, you remember that guy. Um, I remember there was one manager that for the truck crew, and he came in there and he tried doing that. He tried yelling at him, And the truck crew just laughed at him. Like the unloaders, they just they were just laughing, and like it had no. He got all mad, and his face got red. And they just laughed. And what are you going to do? I mean, these are your workers. You can't fire them. If you fire them, then you're fucked for the night. What are you going to do? You know. So, yeah, it's one of those situations where it's like, why would you work yourself up to be, you know, a jerk about it? You know. You know, there's a reason why they tell you, you know, well, you got this much time to get it done in. All right, well, I'm gonna bust my ass with that much time. <laughs> Whatever I don't get done, yeah. I guess, you know, either wait or I got to work over. <laughs> right, right. And I don't, I just, I just don't know why it was. It seemed like every one of them was just not, probably there was one guy that was nice to me, like, uh, like, um, Jacob, he was nice. Um, Lou, uh, I mean, that's about it, man. I'm thinking two guys out of the whole, my, re- my well, Charlie, he was cool, but like, well, most of them were. Church. Do, do you ever, like, do you remember do you ever remember a heroes yelling at their teammates to work harder? Do you remember the professor Xavier yell at the oh, yeah, on the, to work harder or go faster? Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, you you would never say like, well, you know, Cyclops sometimes, but everybody thought he was a dick. Um, like, but he was Cyclops was pretty much getting on the Wolverine's ass. He wasn't really. You know, you never heard Cyclops tell Nice Man, you know, stop fucking up. No, know? no. You, 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 you're not going cold enough. You need to fucking let that ice up. You know, you <laughs> know, right. What are you going to say to a mutant? That's just not hot enough, man. Yeah. It's not know. hot enough. Come on. Yeah. Burn me. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, I mean, when Cyclops, when he was telling Wolverine, it was usually, hey, man, you need to chill the fuck out. That's what Cyclops would tell Wolverine. And so Wolverine get pissed. And Wolverine would punch him, though. That's what's different than reality. If, if, if Cyclops tried to tell Wolverine what to do, even though he was the leader, uh, Wolverine was going to knock the guy so, out. So, give a shit. With, like, with that, a side note again, did Wolverine have anger issues? Oh, yeah. Towards, no, no towards leadership. No, but did he have anger issues? Or oh, he, yeah. He, like he hates authority? authority. No, he's like Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's why, everybody, that's why Wolverine's one of their most popular characters. Because he doesn't like being told what to do. And the only time that he's ever been open to being told what to do is when he's been in charge. And so, like, when he was leader of the X-Men, like, he trusted Captain America. And he would let Captain America tell him what to do. Oh, yeah. But also, I, Captain you, America, like, yeah. knows what he's talking about. You're right. Everything I read with Captain America yeah. in it, Wolverine's always chill with Captain America. You got it, boss. Hey, you said it. We got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I've only seen him fight one time. And I think in the fight... Wolverine took his leg off. Um, but Captain America, like the vibranium <laughs> and the antimanium shield, you know, uh-huh. I think well, Captain America was able to take off an arm or something. That was in an alternate universe, an alternate timeline. 
But, um, yeah, no, you don't see that manager dynamic of being a fucking asshole. I don't even think the supervillains treat their people that not, bad. Not, yeah, you know? he, he, like, remember Apocalypse? He didn't yell at them. Hey, man, hey, I want you to be the best no. you can be, man. Come on, like, man. They just say, <laughs> say something like, you know. I want you to be you. you. <laughs> yeah, you know, or you will be my herald. You know, it was never, it was always, even even though they're trying to take over the world, they were positive about yeah, it. Yeah, you know, know, but he, yeah, so he, he yeah. gave great compliments. <laughs> I'll get great yeah. compliments to everybody. Yeah, you're the chosen one. You're my most beautiful, you know, mutant. You're, you're the, the future of our, our species or some shit like that, you know. Um, I just don't get it, man. I, I don't know, you know, because, you know, being in a leadership position now, I just, I could never. I mean, you would have to push me over the edge for me to start acting. I, I think everything had to go wrong it. all day with everybody saying to give, make you go over. Everything had to go wrong. So they, they all shuttle play. Well, nothing was done. You know, your boss is right yeah. there. I mean, that's a good know. point. That's a good point because in that job, the ones that I'm talking about in the retail, I mean, you're dealing with a bunch of people that are like, I mean, you know, it's like Josh. Josh showed up when he wanted to. He didn't show up on time, never. He showed up when he wanted to. He called in quite a bit. And he would leave when he got tired. He'd just go. Like, he didn't wait till he got. <laughs> he a, sure did. He didn't wait till he got his own check. He was like, "Oh, I'm done for the day," you know. And he just leave and clock out, and that's the end of it. Uh, and so you have that guy, and then you have your truck crew that are unloading, and they're swamped. Um, then you have grocery, who's different than everybody else, and they don't, they won't do anything you tell them because they're different. Then you have your cashiers, which they're overworked, and. Then you got this manager, the store manager, who's telling you our sales are down. We need to get our sales up. Go out there and move merchandise. You know, clean out this back room and get it on the floor. Well, you go out to the fucking floor and you got nobody to move the merchandise for you. It's it's not it's not moving. And you know what do you do? So I I mean I can kind of see that, but when you have somebody that like with me or you or somebody that's there and we want to work or like Daniel. I mean, God, why would you ever yell at Daniel? You know, that's, he'll be your most loyal, hardest working person you'll ever have. And, and then you, you're going to lose your shit on him, you know? I mean, that's just, it's just weird to me. I, I, we ever had to I was, you that. know, people, people, I've seen so many memes about that. Like, you yell at the hardest working person, but you won't raise your voice to the laziest person in there. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the good, the good workers get punished. I mean, there's been research about that, that, you know, if, if you're doing shitty, well, they take work away from you. They're like, okay, well, you, we're going to make it easier for you. But if you do work well, then they're like, well, we need you to do this, too. We give you more work. And that's backwards. It shouldn't be that way. We, Why are you going to make your good people work harder? You know, I remember I watched a show one time. I can't remember what it was called or anything. I can't remember. But I remember what the guy said on there. He would yell at the people. And when they asked him why he did it, he said, oh, because they work harder when they're mad. Why would you do that? <laughs> Why would you make them mad and make them work harder? <laughs> that, that yeah, like that's, that's like a Gordon. Gordon, that's like a Gordon <laughs> Ramsay thing. That, that chef, you know, oh, you man, know I'm talking about the British Why? guy. Why? Why? He's like, what the fuck are you is, doing? Is he paying them that Why are you much? Fucking donut. Are, are you getting paid that much? He told that like that, you know. He told this one chef. He was like, he's like, there's so much oil in that pan. The United States is going to invade it. You know, like, it's just ridiculous. Just total, not necessary, you know. 
I think that's just a loose cannon. He would have fired me. I've been, I've been laughing at all of that joke, all the stupid little things. I've been, I've been laughing at him. You can't help but laugh. I saw one where he went to this, uh, this is a restaurant and it's a barbecue joint. It's predominantly African-American and he was going to try to help them out. And But the problem the restaurant was having is they had this really nice, badass grill and they were grilling up the meat, but they would grill like a shit ton of meat. They would grill more meat than they could sell. And so they were having to freeze it and then reheat it again. So all the meat they were selling was reheated. It wasn't fresh off the grill. Oh, shit. So that's why their business was their business was tanking because everybody's like, this tastes nasty. It's like something I could have made at home. Well, it's because it was cooked three days ago, and they just heated it up for you now. And uh, so Gordon's, like, getting pissed because all the microwaves that they're using, and he's like, you know, when they get done with dinner service, he's like, was there one thing that you guys put out that wasn't in the fucking microwave? One thing. And this dumbass, the camera pans over to him, and he's like, um, well, the salad. And Gordon says, the fucking salad? You donut? You fucking donut? Anything that was cooked. And, like, all the guys just start busting out laughing. Like, call him a fucking donut. And it's just the weirdest cut down you could ever call somebody. A donut, you know? It's like, it's fucking... I, and the guy didn't know what to say. He was just sitting there embarrassed, you know? I mean, what can he do? I'm sure maybe we'd have to look into it. Is that an insult somewhere to, like, in chef world? Is that a, is that an insult somehow? I think he was going to call him a dickhead or a dumb shit, so, yeah. but I think it just came out donut. <laughs> he, Fucking donut. So, so he saved himself yeah. just to say anything. Just say- <laughs> yeah. Well, he'd already said fuck. I mean, anything coming after fuck is not going to be that bad. But he just said donut, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm sure that uh, maybe, maybe over in England, if you call somebody a donut, that means something. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah. So <laughs> I, I don't get the angry... The angry manager or the, the yelling. I don't, I don't get that. I guess I guess for like Aaron, you know, when he was talking about the military, I guess if people are dying around you and getting shot, maybe you need to yell then, you know. Well, I remember I walked into a, a, a Dollar General and the manager was yelling. I'm like, dude, it's a it's a Dollar General, you know. What are you so yeah. mad about, you know? <laughs> right. And that's at the end of the day, why are you worried about it? I mean, there's, there's a million of those Dollar General stores. They're all over the fucking place. Your store isn't going to determine your future. You know, I mean, you're not, reality isn't hinging on you making that extra 10% margin that you're trying to make or whatever. It's it's ridiculous. Well, you know, it's, it's crazy how people get so serious about shit. You know, so if you want to take things seriously, no, this is my career. This is my, I got to do this to get here and get this to do there. You don't understand. Okay, well, good luck to you. You know, but. Yeah, streaming at me ain't yeah. sure ain't gonna get nothing done. But what's no, the time man. listening to you stream? <laughs> you know, and or you know, manager straight up to your face. You tell them like, oh well, I was, I was going to do this, but then I realized that's probably not a good idea. And then the manager looks at you and says, well, that was dumb. Well, now you're an idiot, huh? And it's like, what the fuck, man? Why are you gonna do that? That's not gonna make me want to do this more. <laughs> it's not gonna make me loyal to you because you called me dumb. You know. Uh, and and it's it's like we said, you're, you're the person that's there doing the job. Uh-huh. Um, it's like if I wasn't if I wasn't at Walmart mixing that paint, it wasn't going to get mixed. It just wasn't going to happen. What do you tell um, What do you tell your boss? So Shane, what happened? What did you do? Well, sir, I went out there. I called him a fuckhead, but he didn't get it done. <laughs> I don't know what. Yeah. I don't know what. I what happened. <laughs> right. I don't know what. If I went, I if what I went do. to. If I showed up at the office tomorrow and I said, hey, fuckhead, don't do that shit. 
Uh, my ass is getting written up and probably fired, John. They're going. They're definitely going to move me. Like I won't be working downtown. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I tried. You know, I tried the motivation, sir. It didn't work. <laughs> it didn't motivate. I mean, I'll I'll joke around with people and I'll be like, yeah, you know, that's just bullshit. Or when it's somebody that's not one of my people, I'd be like, you know, fuck that guy or something like that. But I would never go tell one of my people, you know, you're an asshole or you suck or you're a pussy or you need to suck it up or you need to get this done or you're, you're going too slow. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I, there's just different ways to handle things and managers just, dude, yeah, it fucking sucks. I, I've seen a lot of them. Yeah. Hell, somebody ain't even working. I just met a lot of managers. People do different things. Like, yeah, your way you do things is not for me. No, I'm, I'm fine where I'm at, you know, like, yeah, so. Yeah. I see a lot. Well, and then I get did the did the asshole managers try to talk you into being an asshole too? Did they tell you that? Yeah, well, I, I remember you start being an asshole. Yeah, I remember some told me like, no, you gotta be aggressive and you gotta show them who's boss. And like, I'm not I'm not training a horse or a dog. I'm not trying to break right. nobody. You know, right? <laughs> I'm not break trying to break do them that. down. You know, I felt well. I mean, you just can't have success. That's why the turnover rate at what you know at that store is like 110. percent you know, I'm married to them. You're going to go through a whole new staff every year. Yeah, they, they feel like, you know what, it's just not NJP to be aggressive, you know, overly aggressive to people. Like, no, because that takes a lot more energy being angry. I ain't got time to work up and get angry and then go to be mad about something. Now I ain't for it. Yeah, it's just too much work. You know, that's, uh, <laughs> that's interesting because that's why, that's why Stone Cold Steve Austin was so popular is because he was going up against his manager, his boss, Vince McMahon. Yeah. That's the only reason why that worked is because Vince – because I, I went back, I've been watching uh, <coughs> pro wrestling at the start of the Attitude Era. And right before the Montreal Screwdrop with Shawn Michaels and before they formed DX, like Stone Cold, I mean, he wasn't that. The crowd wasn't completely sold on Stone Cold. Like they call it getting over. Like Stone Cold hadn't won everybody over yet. He was still kind of the bad guy. It wasn't until Vince McMahon started getting involved in his shit. And he started telling Stone Cold, he's like, you will do this and you will do that. And Stone Cold's like, oh, hell no. And like, you know, attacking him and drinking beer and all that shit. That's when people started liking him. Right. You know? Well, you know, that's because yeah. everyone wants to do with their bosses. <laughs> Attack their bosses. Yeah. Trying to shut up. or Give them a Stone Cold stunner and then flip them off and drink two beers. <laughs> you know, where else is that going to happen? <laughs> There's nowhere else where you can do that. And, and when you watch the behind the scenes, there were some times where Stone Cold really hated Vince's ass. I know. And he I really remember. Did, was flipping him off, you know. Yeah, I remember that he was. He actually did, they actually did not like each other, but you know, he brought in the crowd. Yeah, he brought in well, the ratings. You know, what are you going to do? They, when they first launched the uh, when they first launched the WWE Network, you know, Stone Cold had Vince in on his podcast show. I, I don't think Stone Cold does it anymore. If he does, it's not on the network. But Vince, when when, when Stone Cold asked Vince, he was like, "Well, in the past, have you had to work with anybody that was hard headed?" And Vince just looks at Stone Cold, and he was like, um, well, I mean, you were one of the ones. And Stone Cold was like, well, yeah. And it was just one of those things where they, they, had, they had their issues from time to time. Wasn't there, wasn't, there, uh, wasn't there a show he was supposed to be on? They told him to do something. And he goes, no, I'm not going to do it. I won't go back to Texas. They're going to make me do it. And he told him to do it. And he, him and his wife actually left, remember? Yeah, he got he quit. Did he want to like? Um, did he want to drop the belt or fight somebody? I can't remember what it was. The issue was, but yeah, he told, it was, I did it was want something to do that it. he just. Yeah, and he walked away, and so I guess when he got his head out of his ass, he t- 
the story goes he called jr at jim ross and jr talked him into it and he's like look steve uh let's open up a dialogue and see if we can get you back you know let's what do we need to do to make it work because they knew he was going to be a cash cow they knew they were making money off the guy and um eventually they get back into where they're getting the talking and open up the door and so vince you know they sit down and they go over it and so vince says well you know in most sport companies whenever somebody makes a mistake like this they get fined you know whenever you just quit a job that we need you you know i lose money so i need to find you and stone cold was like well how much are we talking and vince was like well i think five hundred thousand dollars is fair and stone cold was like what and he's like, yeah, I think that's a good number. Stone Cold said, well, how about 250000 And Vince is like, okay, that's fine. We'll do that, 250000 And so he finds him, the money. For, I mean, it's, it's not like he took the money away from him. It was money off of his contract. So, I mean, Stone Cold's still going to make millions. But, I mean, that's a $250,000 fine, John. That's a house. I mean, you basically just, you know. But th- then they just a house, a couple of cars. Then they just like just put that right in his pocket, around to his bottom line. All right, that's right bottom line there. Turn that right bottom that's line. nothing to Vince. Quick, you know. I mean, for Vince, that's just hiring another employee. That's I mean, that's all it is for him. I I, um, I found the good. I if I remember right, the ones I liked the best were the Undertaker and Stone Cold era. You know, when when yeah, Undertaker and Stone Cold were going at it, and you know, Undertaker was yep. at the top. You know, he abducted his daughter yeah. and stuff like that. Remember that one? Oh damn! I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Oh man, that's that's that, that's the one I like the best, and I like the but the highlight for me was the Dudley Boys, the Hardy Boys, and Eddie Christian. Uh, they made them fight. Oh, the so, tables, ladders, yeah, and chairs, all man. the time, so to... all the time. They were always doing ta- yeah. tables, ladders, and chairs every other show. Oh, I love the Dudley Boys. Man, they were doing them. Dudley all the Boys, time. my one of my favorite tag teams. I wish they did a. I wish they had Dudley Boy action figures when they were in the blue. Uh, uniforms instead of the white, black and gray. Oh like yeah, I, I like that uniform better. But man, they, they were my favorite. They they messed each other up though. They they were messed up. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of those pro wrestlers, I mean, have serious injuries. You know, um, that's why they don't live that long because they're they're putting their body through so much. Well, well, look at look at Christian. He can't do it no more. His back is is shot. His back's gone. He's already trying to. Yeah. One, Andrew Christian. I can't remember which one it was. But yeah, their their backs are well, shot, you know. Yeah, they tried bringing everybody back there a few years ago. Edge, Kristen, and then the Dudleys, and then the Hardy Boys. And the Hardy Boys, I think they're still doing it, right? Aren't yeah, they yeah, still? they're still yeah they're still hanging. Not you know, it's not all high flying action anymore. But yeah, you know, they they still entertain the crowd. There's not really anybody doing high flying action anymore. Like the only guy who'll do it is Shane McMahon, and that's because he's the owner's son. Yeah, you, you know, know, you know, he's got to fucking do something. No. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, those, that was the, the best one. I did, that's when Leela came out, and all the girls loved Leela because, you know, she was the, you know, the rebel who didn't care, who didn't have to fly, her own flight action stuff going on. And Yeah, that's when, that's before they had the women's division mm-hmm. that they do now. Actually, a lot of the women's matches ended up being better than the guys' matches nowadays. Really? It's, you know, you know that, well, I mean, that's just my opinion. Like, I'll, when, when we watched Royal Rumble at my house that one year, I thought the women's stuff was better than what the guys. They, they put they put their yeah. all in it, yeah. Well, yeah. He, come on, and, and maybe they don't hit as hard, and maybe they don't jump as high, but it's just they're just better at it. They, their storylines are better, their characters are better. It just 
<laughs> you think about when we used to watch it a long time ago. No, no, I ain't going to lie. The, the women were for show, Shane. That's all they were for. Were for show. Yeah. That's all they were for. Yeah. Sorry to tell you. They, yeah, they were just out lips. there just to look pretty. Just just there to look pretty. Barely. I, I remember when China, when China first showed up, and you're like, is that a man? I mean, you know, and then she got breast implants. and But I remember when China, like, actually jumped on somebody and started punching them. And I was like, I've never seen a woman hit somebody like that. I've never in my whole life. I've never oh, yeah. Seen she paid the way, too. Somebody throw punches <laughs> like that, you know. Yeah, and then she got into porno and drugs and shit, and then she died. So. Yeah, you know. Kind of sad. Go sideways sometimes. They, well, now the WWE won't have anything to do with her. They won't. They won't. They. I think they did, like, a special when she died. But they don't sell any merchandise for her. They don't do any extra figures or anything. No, nothing, huh? No. She did a porno, though, where she played She-Hulk. What the hell? I'm not lying, John. I'm not lying. Look up She-Hulk porn, and you're going to see a picture of China painted green uh, wearing a She-Hulk costume. I don't, I don't know if I want to entertain that idea, Shane. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's giving Thor a blowjob. I mean, I, I know it's a little graphic, but... Uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll I'll see what pops up. I don't know about the idea too much. No, I'm not, I'm not telling you to do it. I'm just saying it's there. The down. Uh, if you want to see something interesting, and there and you can, there's pictures of her not butt naked. I mean, she's wearing the uniform, but if you keep scrolling, you're gonna find one where Thor drops his pants and China <laughs> dresses She Hulk. No, some down of these on. movies, man. Yes, yeah, some of them just make the titles I've heard. You know, just make no sense sometimes. You know. Oh, like a tale of two titties yeah. or something like that, or well, uh, well, yeah, they're always what was a uh, forest dump or something. Uh, you know, yeah. Saving Ryan's private. Yeah, yeah, there's always stupid shit like that. <laughs> yeah, Asaconda. Right. <laughs> that was another one. Uh, yeah, there's been some dumb ones that I've seen just Did, uh, out there. I know, I know, Daniel like. He was addicted to one porn star. He was, he just loved her. I think her name was um, Jessie Jane, I think I remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was real popular. For she was, I think she's still, like, and, and I think like, I remember they would say that like, she was, uh, I think it was Daniel. Like, I'm assuming they, they loved her, that like, she was the best, and <clears throat> she was so pretty yeah. and everything. I'm like, all right, whatever, you know. Yeah. People like actors. Yeah, she's okay. I, I don't know if she's aged very well, but back in her prime, yeah. Well, I know there's one porn yeah. star saying, I know she just sells her underwear. That's all she does. She just sells her underwear. Wears them, and you pay for them, boom, send them right to you. <laughs> you know, those those porn stars are on notice because when virtual reality, I don't know if you saw this, John, they're about they're getting ready to release um, these suits that you plug up to your virtual reality machine, and the suits make you feel what you feel in the game. No so way. Like if somebody punches you, I mean, it doesn't feel exactly like uh-huh. it. it. Just you just feel something. So, like, if you get like punched in the stomach in the game, you're gonna feel this pressure on your chest. No so way. You feel like Wait, we're there already. Yeah, we're there. Coming out. Yeah, the suit. The suits are. They're, they're called haptic suits. When we get done uh, tonight, look up H A P T I C haptic suits. Haptic suits. And uh, and I think Google's making one, and one other company. And this lady's like test driving it. So she's plugged into the v- VR. She's got the headset. And she's got the little hand um, thumbsticks to move her hands, you know, and the suit. And whenever, like, she gets, she misses, like, she's trying. Oh, no, she has options. She picks, in the virtual reality world, she hits a button. 
And when she hits that button, she gets feedback through the suit. So if it likes, like, you know, kick to the stomach, she'll feel pressure on her stomach. Or, you know, hit to the shoulders. It's, it's pretty interesting. Interesting. I, I, didn't know gonna, we were, I didn't know we were there yet. I know we had virtuality. Yeah. The, we the only thing yet. they haven't, the only thing they don't have down is trying to figure out how to get us to move in the world. Like, to actually go from one side of the room to the other. Uh-huh. They haven't figured that out. Because what you need to do, like, the way that, the way Star Trek did it in the holodeck is that the holograms would adjust to you. So you're actually, it looks like you're walking forever, but you're really just walking in a circle. Uh-huh. But you don't know that because of the way the thing is moving. They haven't quite figured out how to do that in VR. What, they, what they've done so far is they've got the computer to give your, can give your eyes the data as fast as your eyes can process it. So that's why it really looks like you're in a virtual world. Because the computers are fast enough to do that now. Um, the haptic suits are the first step into actually immersing you into the environment. They can get the sound to where all you hear is what's in the world. They can get it to where you can kind of touch things, like you can you can reach out and interact with virtual objects. Um, but it's kind of hard because it's, you know it's all air. Um, but the haptic suits are the first time where now you're actually going to feel the world. You can actually touch things. So when they perfect it and they get to where the hat suits can give you every feeling you can get, what what are you gonna you know everybody's gonna be using that for porn. You're just gonna get in your hat suit and you're gonna let it you know whack you off and then call it a day in your virtual reality world. Interesting. That's a, that's a good stuff. That's it's gonna cool. happen, John. That's cool stuff. Within 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 twenty years, John, when we get online to play Halo, we're not gonna be sitting on the couch with a controller. We're gonna be in a room. And we're going to put on these suits, and we're actually going to be running. And we're going to be playing the game that way. And you, you'd be like, Lily. It's going to happen. Yeah, Lily running beside me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll be connected over the internet, but we'll be, we'll be, yeah, we'll be running. We'll, I'll look over, and I'll see John, and then you'll turn around with your shotgun, and you'll fucking blow well, you away. Say, Just like you did back well, then. Run too fast on me, you know. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting world, man. When you when we get to that point, John, when we get when we get into the virtual reality, are you going to make your avatar look like you? Or are you going to make it look like uh, like Master Chief or, or superhero or something? It, like it, that? it, it probably do? look like uh, my superhero. I find a way to make it look like Impact. You know, Impact. So you already have your own original character that you can go in there as. Yeah, you know. I'm uh, I'm done with the corn kernel. I'm not doing the corn you, kernel. You, don't, That's a dumb you think you don't, you think you're done with it? I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. That's the worst. So I was what I wanted was I really like history, so I thought, oh, well, it'll be a revolutionary, revolutionary style superhero. Well, that's dumb. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. I wish I had thought of something else. I, I'm not doing the corn kernel. I mean, it was fun for what it was, but just not the best. Roll. You done? You done? Rolled him up. Um, He's done. You took, you, yeah, you took him. You took him down the street as long as you could. Yeah, well, I didn't even really take him down the street, John. I don't even know if we got out the garage. I think we kind of stayed in that. I, I, I know um, we kind of did it on the fly because the, 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 I know the event came kind of quickly, you know. I don't know how long we had. And we kind of like threw it together real quick. And Well, the problem is I was influenced by the people that went on stage before me. And they were, like, really trying to motivate the kids. And I was like, well, I can't get involved in my backstory. They're not going to be able to pay attention to that shit. And tell them the whole history of how I get my corn power. It just, it just is a terrible, terrible idea. Have you ever thought about anything other? Impact. 
Oh yeah, I've got a bunch of them. Um, I got one that's uh, it's called it's, uh, it's called um, Bantam Black, where it's you dress up in a, a chicken suit. And you're kind of like Batman, but it's a fucking chicken, <laughs> so it just kind of makes it funny, you know. But say you, you trade a corn kernel in with someone dressed in a chicken suit. Well, I mean, but you're gonna make them a badass, right? I mean, they're gonna be like Batman. It's just they're in a chicken suit, and then the the thing was when they go crazy, they start when they're when they're beating somebody's ass and they're like really going to town on them, they start making chicken noise. They do a little, start moving their head. And shit, well, you know, I, like just they're crazy. Well, you know, I, I you know I know a lot of artists. I say that not in, you know in, in a professional term. I know artists on like Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that. I, I know them. They don't really know me. I know of them and. Two or three of them, I'm, I'm kind of became friends with, and they're like, uh, "Oh, you had a character, like, yeah? Well, I'm talking about my own comic book, you know? Like, oh, that's cool, you know? Like, no." And then I know one guy, I thought he was pretty cool, cool, and I asked him, "Hey, if I send you a picture of my old superhero, can you jazz him up a little bit?" Yeah, I, I'd love to, but you know, you have to sign over the rights to me to use them. Like, why would I just sign over the rights? What the fuck? To, to, Give him a little upgrade. I don't want you to yeah, draw. You know, like yeah, just draw him and make him a little super more buffer or cooler. Oh, you know, I'll do it. You know, but I, but I need some rights. You know, like okay, then say that you're the one that wrote it. You know, yeah. Like ah, now never mind, guys. Y'all got y'all little back torch, when I, you know. <laughs> back when I was really involved in that community and I was really doing the corn kernel mm-hmm. thing, like I would write stories and people would actually draw the characters I was talking about. Like they would just take my description and create the character and they didn't charge me anything for it and they created some badass artwork like they made the corn kernel look way cooler than i ever did you know i could my drawing sucks my corn kernel drawing looked like a piece of shit but there was some artists that got in there and really did a good job um so i'm surprised that you're having a hard time finding somebody to, to jazz him up uh, you know the, like, the, like um, they, they want me, the ones i know they want to make it on comic books they want to use my character like no because you know, I don't want to be no burnt in the dust, you know, like, oh, yeah, I, I made his character up, and I changed him here and there, so that's mine. Like, no, I, that ain't for really that action. <laughs> yeah, I tried to get my dad to go in on a comic book with me, and he had this idea for a superhero that would, uh, he had a stick, and he'd wave the stick around real fast and create a tornado. <laughs> and I don't remember what his name was, but that was my dad's I remember, idea I remember talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, he was like, he just waved his stick around. <laughs> I guess that'd be interesting to see. I, I don't know. I mean, well, got Red Tornado. That's what he does. Well, I, Weather wizard. So what, 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 we really went way over. What were your topics before we, somehow we just trailed off somehow real quick. We just yeah, totally, left, we totally you know? derailed all that shit. Well, we were going to talk about superheroes. Oh, dang it. The villains. We kind of did. Yeah, we were gonna fit, we were gonna get into the villains was, and stuff. I was thinking about the all anti-heroes. Day, all day I was thinking about that. Yeah. Oh, I remember dude, I was like, I'll say well, this, got, say that, like ah. Yeah, well we got tomorrow. We can get it tomorrow. Yeah, we'll give it a try. Uh, but we're gonna wrap this one up. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No, Joe. go ahead. No, yeah, like yeah, we'll try tomorrow. <laughs> hopefully we just Yeah, we'll, we'll just say what you need to say, get to the topic, and hopefully we stay yeah. on track. <laughs> right, right. So I appreciate everybody listening. Y'all have a good night. All right, have a good one, sir. All right, bye.